The Baldy and the Big Fella Podcast. Talking everything NFL. Hi, I'm Baldy, and I've been following football for over 40 years. And I'm the Big Fella, and I'm a newbie to the sport. Each week, we'll be talking football, and as you'd expect, I know quite a lot. And I know f*** all. So subscribe, rate and review to help spread the love. Thanks for finding Baldy and the Big Fella. So, uh, yes, good uh, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are. This is week 10 of Baldy and the Big Fella. I am the Big Fella, and um, hello to my esteemed colleague to my right, uh, better known as the Baldy Fella. <laughs> How are you? I'm good, thank you. Nice to be in the back cave again. It's know, another one. Yeah. It is good, isn't it? It is good. Yeah. So, yeah, good uh, good weekend. I mean, we're recording this today on Tuesday. It's Tuesday. We've just managed to finish with the Monday night game, and yeah. it's been an absolute monster of a weekend. <laughs> it has been an absolute monster of a weekend. Uh, but have you, uh, I mean, obviously we're going to get into it, and we're going to talk about it properly, but have, have you had a, a, the usual binge-watching? I've done binge and watching, and, and I'm uh, I'm fully rested this week as well. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm actually feeling pre- quite good. Good work. Right, shall we tell them what's on the show? Let's do it. Here we go. One, two, three, four. This week on Baldy and the Big Fella. Would we get a Super Bowl yeah. parade in Wembley? <laughs> good, good question. I mean, I, I, I'd run round. I'd run round. I'd definitely run <laughs> Mate, he, he was at least three sizes bigger than you in the T-shirt. He, how do he you was move? You. It was always the Jags, right? It was always the Jags. Always, it was always going to be the Jags. Hi, I'm Maurice Jones-Drew, and you're listening to The Big Fella. Hi, we're The Roar, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hi, Baldy and The Big Fella. Yes, I mean, lots to talk about uh, this week. Um, just to reflect on last week when we had uh, Mackenzie on from the Jags. That was a great, uh, great interview. We've got part two of uh, that chat with uh, Mackenzie uh, this week as well. And uh, first and foremost, if you do want to get involved, please let us know. It is Baldy and TBF. That's Baldy and TBF. And that's on all the socials. So you've got it on your Instagram, uh, your Facebook and uh, your X. And also, if you want to uh, contact us via email, it is uh, Baldy and TBF at Outlook. Look.com. There we go, sir. There we go. I've done all the housekeeping. We've done. We've done the house. We've done the housekeeping and the icebreaker. Okay. Well, shall I do a few of the games? Shall we talk you, about it? Yeah. Come on. Let's do it. Well, look. I've got to say, big fella, this was actually probably the best, in my opinion, the best week so far this season. And I'm probably biased. There's, you know, when you, when you, anyone who knows my loyalties will probably have a reason why I think that. But there's been at least two games that had no teams that I was interested in that have been absolutely stellar. Right, okay. Okay, so do you want to uh, go for the first one? Well, I'm going to start at the bottom at the oh, worst, okay, right? The worst I'm going to ask you a right, question. Okay, okay. Tell me what this is. I've snapped my finger. Yeah, you're clicking it. You're yeah. Snapped. That's the highlights of the Charges versus the Patriots. <laughs> right, and okay. Jeff won't mind me out there in uh, Southern <clears throat> Maryland, but yeah. the score was 6 0. A, a decent soccer game. Yeah. But not a very good American football oh, game, 6 0. So that was the. What, hang on a second. That was the final score, 6 0. The final score was Chargers 6, Patriots 0. And get this Patriots, Bill Belichick's team, the, 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 the main man, the, the best coach, yeah. their first team since 1938 
to allow 10 points or less in three games and lose all three of them. So they, they've conceded 10 points or less in three games this season and they lost all three of those games. Wow. Their defence has been monster and their offence has been non-existent. Wow. That is crazy. How about that for a fast fact? It <laughs> was a very fast <laughs> fact. Gee whiz. I don't know where I saw that. But I thought, blooming egg, Bill, che- Bill Belichick is a Hall of Fame coach yep. and he's going to have that on his record. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yep. Okay. So, so that's 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 the bottom one then, yeah. Yeah, that's the worst one, okay, really. Fair enough, but that, other than that, some of the games were just absolutely brilliant. I'm sure you remember them, but I'll I'll take you through a few. Okay. First of all, Thursday night football was a really good game. We had Dallas versus Seattle. Okay. Both teams with decent records. Um, Dallas really, really needed to win. Yeah. Um, it was a great game. Nip and tuck. There was some big fourth downs and uh, fourth and short, and they were converted. Um, DK Metcalf from Seattle had an absolutely great game. He had a touchdown, six catches, 134 yards. Sorry, three touchdowns he had. Three touchdowns, six catches, 134 yards. Mm-hmm. Geno Smith, the Seattle quarterback, Dak Prescott, the Dallas quarterback, they both had three touchdowns each. Yeah. Um, and f- there were no punts by either team. And it's only the fifth time in NFL history that there was not a punt in the game. Really? So basically, they either scored... Or they went for it in fourth down and yeah. failed, yeah. or they there was a fumble or some sort of turnover. No punts. Basically, the punters got paid their eight hundred thousand dollars per, you know, by the eight hundred thousand dollars they get they get a year. The punters got paid and they did nothing that game other than wow. warm up. Anyway, right. it finished forty one thirty five Dallas. Yeah. And as we, when we come on to some of their competitors later on in the pod, we'll realise that was a very important win for the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I like that. I like that. So. Uh, what was your, your next game that you, t- you took in? <laughs> I will, do you know, can I just stop you uh, and, and tell you what, what I did um, uh, over the weekend, which was which was NFL based, I would say. I think, I think, I think, uh, <laughs> Go on, then. I watched, I watched Draft Day. You mean Draft Day with Kevin Costner? Yeah. Yeah, I did. Yes. I watched Draft Day. Uh, I even took a screenshot of it and I sent it across to you because, you know, when you just think, oh, obviously, I'm a Jags fan and um, I just thought, <laughs> what am I going to do? I'm. I'm, I'm sat here twiddling my thumbs. What am I going to do? So yeah, I watched that, and it just as far I, I, I don't know. It could be far fetched. Maybe we need to get somebody from uh, it, somebody who's experienced a draft day. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? That'd be a really good conversation to have with somebody. But I'd love to know how far fetched it was. It, I think the only thing that was probably true on it is the commissioner was the same commissioner. It, it's a really good film. Um, it is a bit far fetched. There's a few trades that go on in there that I remember that probably are a bit out of. Out of you know, out of nowhere, but yeah. but it's a it's a good film if you want to if you want to watch it and, and understand a little bit about the excitement of draft day. And I absolutely love it. You know, I stay up till late yeah, watching, yeah, well, yeah, you know, yeah. till two in the morning. But yeah. yeah, it's a good film. And you reminded me that I'd borrowed it off you about four years ago or three years ago, and I had to bring it back, which I have done today. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I haven't. Do you know what? I haven't checked to see if it's in there. You know, when you used to go to Blockbuster and all that, and uh, sometimes you'd take a film back and it another wrong video on it. And uh, is it in there? Oh, it's love actually. Oh, fair. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what? Do you know what that'll do? Baldy and the big fella talking everything NFL. It is Baldy and the big fella, and if you do want to get in touch with us, please do so via the socials Baldy and TBF, and that could be via Instagram, Facebook, and of course via X. Like, share, comment, spread the love, tell everybody about Baldy and the big fella, and who knows? Hey, who knows where we might get to? Uh, so come on, then. What else happened at the weekend? 
Well, remember, you used to be your favourite quarterback, Gardner Minshew. In yeah. fact, there was a quiz question the other week for yeah, you, wasn't it? You got it him was. right. Yeah, it was. The one with the tash. The one with the tash, yeah. Well, honestly, he's turned into this like swashbuckling, yeah. pirate stroke, Errol Flynn-like quarterback. <clears throat> he's just dealing it all over the place. So yeah, yeah. about four weeks ago, the Indianapolis rookie quarterback, Richardson, um, he got himself injured. Yeah. Out of this, out, I think he's out for a, He's either out for a long time or he could be out for the season. So Gardner Minshew comes in as backup and... You know, he's, he had his days at Jacksonville, but mm-hmm. he's, he's serviceable. Yeah. Well, he's only took him on a four-game winning streak and into contention for the playoffs. In wow. fact, with them being in Jags' division, they're catching the Jags up. Um, and he was all over the place against Tennessee at the weekend and uh, just dealing it here, there and everywhere. Got it to overtime, 28 yeah. all. Yeah. Um, managed to get them down the field and, and they scored with a, a field goal. And Minshew Mania is having its revival in Indianapolis. I mean... Before, so it might be a trick question. I don't want to put you on the spot. So obviously, he's been. He was at the Jags. Who? Where was he at before the Jags? I think Jags? he was at the Eagles for a couple of years. So he played at Philly. Um, and is it a similar kind of career? He goes as backup, or he, he's not really been as a number one, has he? He's or? only going to be a backup now. But I would say when you look at the backups in the league, he's definitely one of the better ones out there. We'll, we'll come on to a little later on about another good backup that's uh, probably. Uh, Upset you a little bit today, but uh... <laughs> yeah, but going, going, obviously touching upon that, yeah, he's a backup, and like at the Jags, he had a, he had a period, didn't he, in the Jags where he was he was yeah. he was really good, um, and then obviously he moves on. He's he's here now, and he's having a period of being really good. Surely they must think, give him a shot. What normally happens with a backup is they come in, and because the team is usually prepared for a different quarterback, yeah, they're usually a backup. If he's half decent, like Minshew, they'll usually have a good. Good day, a good couple of weeks, mm, maybe. Mm. But then eventually, the the the, the opposition's defensive coordinator usually suss them out, and they'll usually start putting in little traps for them to get into. When you usually see backups starting to, you know, throw incomplete passes or even throw interceptions. But Minshew has just kept it going. He's he's done really, really well. And you know what? I'm, I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Gardner Minshew. He's he's got that sort of like a bit of a personality yeah, about yeah, him, hasn't he? I agree. And I really hope he does well. But what will probably happen is Richardson, when he gets back. He'll come straight back into the team and Minshew will either continue as a backup or he'll be looking for another team next season. Yeah, I, I know. We'll, we'll talk about this um, at another point on another podcast, but I think it, this covers every sport that there is out there because there's always the element of competitiveness. But it is just fascinating the way that, like you've just said there, uh, a, a quarterback or a team will have a specific way of playing and the quarterback will have to play that way. And then the other team have got to try and figure out what he's doing. But it's the same yeah. as every sport, isn't it? You've yeah. always got to try and figure out your opposition and what they're going to do next. I just I just think that out of all of the sports, this has got the most uh, plays and mm. technical way that they, the, the, they'll set the teams up and the way that they do a particular uh, a, a route or what. You know, it, yeah. it's, it's yeah. just... It fascinates me. And, I, and I, one thing I want to do over the period of the next few weeks, months, seasons, years... I want to learn. I want to understand more about that. Yeah, and I think we'll get. We can definitely get into that. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of things go on between the games between with, with the coaches where they're really trying to understand the tendencies of the other team, mm. and then they'll do mm. things that will make the other team hopefully make mistakes or at the very uh, or at the very least stop them from doing what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and you, yeah. and that's why sometimes you see teams who are absolutely brilliant week after week after week suddenly come up against a team and you think, I thought these were good. Yeah. And, you, and it's not because they've got bad overnight. It's just the other team have really figured them out. Yeah, they've sussed them out. Yeah, yeah. 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 
So, so let's have a talk about that beautiful red, delightful shirt you've got on your yeah. back today, sir. Well, it's a bit snug on me. Um, <laughs> I and it's, say anything. It's my, I am the big fella, remember? <laughs> <laughs> this is my oldest shirt. So I got this in the uh, early 90s. Right, I okay. went to a 49ers game. You, obviously Do you, you remember can. it? I can. Uh, 49ers beat Minnesota Vikings. I can't remember the score. Steve Young was the quarterback. Um, and, and it was a really good game. Anyway, it's my Jerry Rice number okay. 80 shirt. Now, yeah. in my opinion... I know, the, I know the Montana thing is always debated about who's the best quarterback, and I think I, I relented the other week by wearing a Brady shirt and said Brady was the mm-hmm. was the best quarterback. This man is the best athlete without without argument in yeah. the NFL ever to play. Yeah. And the reason the reason why, I mean, he's a Hall of Fame wide receiver. He's got the most yards ever by a wide receiver. But the thing he used to do is yards after catch. So he used to off, often catch the ball only a couple of yards down the field yeah. but he was just so elusive he could just run right. another 30 odd yards untouched often and the reason why I'm wearing it today is we're going to get on to the Eagles 49ers game which was yeah. potentially an NFC championship um, preview and there was a man on there called Mr Debo Samuel who oh, I know you yeah, he's a good yeah. friend of yours Debo well, yeah Debo um, basically he, he basically caught a number of catches and then ran a long long way after the catch untouched in many cases so give me that terminology again when they catch the ball and the run again What's, what do you say so, the, so, so some commentators will call it a yak yards after catch why yards after catch. Right, it's okay. a very very common term but shall we get to the <clears throat> Eagles 49 come again? on then so I mean I was so excited at 25 past nine on Sunday night. I was, <laughs> I got, I, I got my shirt on, my my, my other shirt, and yeah. um, I, w- I was sat down. Obviously, the Raiders weren't playing this weekend, so there was going to be no Raiders losses to to, to upset me. <laughs> yeah, no Raiders losses. I like it. I like so it. So they come out Eagles 49ers. It's it's drizzling. It's cold. Yeah. I mean, it's over in Philadelphia, um, and quarter one they come out. And bear in mind, we talked about it last year when uh, they played in the NFC Championship and Brock Purdy heard himself uh, early in the game yep. and they lost the second quarterback and they ended up without a quarterback and the Eagles yeah, won easy. Yep. So yep. this was meant to be the revenge game for the 49ers or for the Eagles to say, look, we put you in your place last year, we're going to do it again this year. Yep. So quarter one, Philly absolutely bossed it. 15 minutes to play, Philly had the ball for 13 minutes, right? 13, 13 minutes. minutes. But they only scored two field goals, so it was 6-0 at the end of the quarter. So I, I was bothered because 49ers had done absolutely nothing and the Philly were just pinging it all over to uh, AJ Brown and he was he kept doing this crossing route. He must have done it at least two, maybe three times yeah. in a row and it was the same play and the 49ers couldn't stop it and I was thinking, oh, it's going to be a long night if it's going to be like this all the time, we just yeah. can't stop them. Anyway, um, I mean... I mean, 49ers were minus six yards in the first quarter, right? So you can see where this is going to go. I mean, I know you I know you know the score anyway. But So then getting to quarter two, straight away, a beautiful two-yard crossing route, touchdown to Brandon Ayuk. He, he catches it, and he's got his white shirt on, his beautiful 49ers white shirt, yeah. and he lands on the green. <laughs> it's all painted green for the Eagles. Yeah. And he comes up, and it's all green <laughs> all down his front. But what an amazing touchdown, superb catch. Um, so 49ers go up 7-6. Straight away, the 49ers stop the Philly Eagles again, get the ball, drive down the field, and another beautiful touchdown. Christian McCaffrey, C-Mac, CMC, whatever you want to call him. Yep. He goes through the gap um, between tack- tackle and guard. It's a 99-yard touchdown drive. Not not a touchdown run. They go 99 yards in about 10, 12 players. Yeah. Um, Kittle was just superb. He was just blocking everybody. Um, we talked about tight ends of the week where he was blocking and then he was releasing his man and going into space, then catching the ball, yeah. which a tight end can do. So he finished at halftime, 14 points to six. 
um, to the 49ers. So they've gone from 6-0 down to 14-6. It was much better, but it was still a real game going on. So we get into quarter three, 49ers come out. Debo, the man, he caps a 75-yard drive with a, a reverse end around. We can talk about that on another day because you could probably talk about 10 minutes about what they are. But basically, it's a bit of a slightly trick play. The quarterback comes out, he goes one way, Debo's going the other way, takes the ball off him, goes around the right tackle, straight up the field, um, and Debo goes in for a 12-yard a rushing touchdown, 21-6. And then, if you think that's not exciting enough, then the excitement happens. (laughs) So, Dre Greenlaw, one of the top linebackers for the 49ers, he goes out and tackles this Philadelphia wide receiver. I forget which one it was. And he does what you call a wrestling move called a suplex, which is where he grabs him and almost like throws him over his shoulder onto his back. And, And obviously... Philly didn't like that. It was it was a penalty. Um, the flags went all out. Greenlaw was getting a flag. So the, the players square up together together on the sidelines, yeah. on the Philly sidelines. And here comes the Philly's head of security, this big bloke. I mean, mate, he, he was at least three sizes bigger than you in the T-shirt. He, how did he, he move? He was huge. He was huge. <laughs> and they call him Big Dom. Right, and he, was okay. Itali- he was in Italian. He looked like he, he'd had a... F- Bit, bit too much pasta, I think. What, so he got he went on the pitch? He basically went between the players to try and break them up. Right. But he was kind of concentrating more on the 49ers player. And I think he I think he got in got his hand in and pushed him a little bit. So Greenlaw comes back and does like a half punch and a half swipe of his face, like to wash the spaghetti off his mouth or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. And and that was it. It just kicked off. Um and the flags were going in. So at the end of it all, Greenlaw gets kicked out of the game, he gets ejected. The big Dom, the big Italian, head of security, yeah. <laughs> he gets kicked out of the game. Well, he's head of security. I mean, he's meant to be there to stop this happening. Yeah. But he's, what he can't do is he can't get involved with the players. The players and the refs are part of the game. He's there to stop, like, fans from running the pitch. Right, okay. He's there yeah, yeah. from, you know, stop anything, you know, any any major incident that's coming from probably from behind him. So, anyway, he gets kicked out. Um, doesn't go down very well. It seems to really amp Philadelphia up. They move down the field. They do a brotherly shove or the, the tush what they call it, the tush-push or whatever they call it, where they're going from mm. the one-yard line where it looks a bit like a rugby scrum. So Philly are back in the game at 21-13. Um, then this is when Debo does a 48-yard touchdown run. He catches the ball at two yards and literally runs past about five um, five defenders, sort of weaves in behind, yeah. barely touched, looked just like Jerry Rice from the days I remember, which is why I'm wearing so, his shirt. So question, did he run through them players and they were not getting challenged by anyone on Debo's side, or did he just, or did he just run through them and he was too fast for them? I mean, Debo's quick. He's a, he's not the quickest on the 49ers. Yeah. That's probably Brandon Ayuk, but Debo is very quick. And it was almost like there was like a seam. You could see this diagonal seam, yeah. and there was like three players one side of the seam, three on the other, and he just sort of like slalomed, weaved, wow. and then once he got up to full speed, I'd love to see what the speed was yeah. that he got up to. But yeah, so that was that, and then. Um, Quarter four, it was all run run Christian McCaffrey, run CMC, behind that big fella, Trent Williams, you know, the big left tackle. Yeah. He comes running out in front of Chris, Christian McCaffrey and he just blocks the first man and he was just pancaking Philadelphia defenders and Christian McCaffrey was was running running down the field and it all, it all topped off with an 18-yard pass to Joanne Jennings, which again was a one-yard catch to the sideline. Yeah. Jennings like jinx left, jinx right, beats his defender and runs into the end zone. So it's 35-16. 
Then Jalen Hurts goes out with a concussion. So this is the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. He goes and gets assessed for a concussion. <laughs> yeah. So a Philadelphia thinking, oh my God, if he's out, I was, I would, not only is our game done, which he probably was anyway, but potentially our next yeah. two or three weeks, which are really big games for us, are going to be a, a risk. Marcus Mariota, ex-Raiders, ex-Tennessee um, Titans, ex-Atlanta Falcons, comes in, can do nothing. Um, so... Philadelphia um, eventually get Hurts back. He comes some magically comes back. Normally, when they get into con concussion protocol, you don't see him back. Yeah. But anyway, Hurts comes back. Philly drive down the field, two yard touchdown run for Devante Smith. The two point conversion fails, so it's thirty five nineteen, and then forty nine is just to rub it in a bit more. They'd already won the game thirty five nineteen, um, but then there's a forty six yard run after a catch for Debo again. So he ends up the game with three touchdowns off seven touches. He only touched the ball seven times. Three touchdowns, 148 yards, and the 49ers win 42-19. Brock Purdy, they're now talking about Purdy as potential um, potential player of the season, NFL um, um, most valuable player. He ended up with 19, 19 completions off 27 passes, which is okay. 318 yards, fourth touchdown he got. He got four touchdowns. And that's San Francisco's eighth win this season by double digits. Good grief! And there you go. You don't need you don't need the red zone anymore, do you? Baldy and the big fella talking everything NFL. So last week on Baldy and the Big Fella, we had our first part of the interview with Mackenzie Cadman. Now Mackenzie is the UK operations manager of the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he spoke really, really well. And he was telling us all all the things that well he does really to uh, from from getting the team over here to finding hotels to even moving the team uh, from one hotel to the other while the game's on it is just a brilliant listen and the feedback thank you ever so much uh, from from you listening has just been brilliant it's great uh, for us to get an in depth reaction um, from from inside the organisations which is brilliant but then you see someone's going to go a little bit further haven't there someone called Baldy has got to go a little bit further. And take it too far. Uh, so here we go. We're going to start part two with one of Baldy's questions. I mean, really, the cheek of the man. I mean, Mackenzie, just, just probably getting ahead of the game here, but if by any chance the Jags were to win the big one, would we get a Super Bowl yeah. parade in Wembley? <laughs> good, good, good question. I mean, I, I, I'd run round. I'd run round. I'd definitely run round. Um, I think, I think, firstly, just touching on the team, you know, for me now, last night's win. I'm not going to say cements the playoffs, but yeah. I think we've, we've put ourselves in a very yeah, good position. Yeah, we've got the tiebreaker to, on Houston now, big time. Yeah, to, to get there now, we've, we've put ourselves in a very good position. Um, I think the performance from Josh Allen last night was just incredible towards the end of the game. Um, two and a half sacks, the guy is an absolute beast. Um, and I think now moving forward, you know, I think Coach says it every 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 time we win, and I've seen it on the video already this morning. We haven't done anything yet. Yeah, we, we haven't done anything yet. Like, all, yeah, we're winning games and, and we're, we're winning them. You know, probably not as pretty as we'd like to, but it's it's like in football. You know, our football here in the UK, a team can play unbelievable. If you don't put the ball in the back of the net, you're not going to win. Mm -hmm. We are being really physical, trying really hard to win the game, and I think making plays when we need to make plays. And I think from a, from a Super Bowl perspective. You know, if we win a Super Bowl, I'd like to think Jags, you know, Jags UK, we would definitely do something for our UK fans. We, we, we 
probably put on an event or something like that to celebrate it. Would we get the players running around Wembley? I don't really know. But, um, we'd, you'd definitely see me running around Wembley. I'd, I'd be very we'd happy. No, I think, yeah. <laughs> what I would say is it, it's great being a, a Jags fan. Um, my very first game, my very first game, uh, live game was in Jacksonville, so I, w- I was I, and I and I spent it with my big mate here, and um, it was a brilliant experience. And, and at that point, I was hooked, wasn't it? You, you could see on my face. Um, but the um, point I'm getting to is, I now know how J- Jacksonville look as a team that wins because for so long they were the whipping boys, and it was like when you were telling people who you support, it was like, oh, okay then, <laughs> you know. What I mean? yeah. uh, but now that the, the the performance, what I know you've said what the coach has said there, but they're really giving the people of Jacksonville, but also UK fans, hope. Yeah, correct. And I think it's it, it really it, for me. It's like a it, I've seen the progression now since 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 joining the organization last August um, when we played the Broncos and and, and lost. To you know, from that moment on, I think Coach Peterson came out and said in an interview that Trevor, after that point in London last year, said that is never going to happen again. I'm never going to throw an interception in the red zone, you know, to to win or lose a game. And we we then went on a bit of a run again throughout that second season, last season, the back half of last season, got to the playoffs, did really well. This season now, even just in you know preseason and just looking at training camp, the guys were so dialed in, and they were coming away from and doing a couple of interviews um, with the Jags guys, the media guys, and it was it just felt for me it just felt different. And I think the the progression and the the mentality and the unity that they the guys have now got in the locker room is is intense. We did um, we did a player tour last year, and we had Josh Allen, uh, Jamal Agnew, and Devin Lloyd, Devin and Tony Baselli came over to the UK. And obviously we do the live events and they're great and the guys answer questions, but just away from that, like behind the scenes, just having a few conversations with the guys, they're like, we've got a really, really good team. And I think mm-hmm. if everything clicks, we, we're we a team that are together. It's not, if someone makes a mistake, everyone makes a mistake. And I think last night as well, they the one part of last night for me, I was sat there watching CJ Stroud celebrated as he did his rushing touchdown mm-hmm. into the, into the into the end zone, and I could just fit, I just within me I just thought if I'm Josh Allen now I'm gonna I'm gonna sack him like yeah. he's gonna get it for that for that now <laughs> yeah. and I think that's the difference obviously they're two young quarterbacks but CJ's obviously a rookie Trevor you know is Trevor and I wouldn't think he'd celebrate running into an end zone like that because he knows there's a lot of the game left. There's, there's a whole second half left. And I think things like that are a bit of a turning point for our guys ment- mentally. You know, don't think you've won the game when you've just scored a touchdown to to to, to tie the game in third quarter. And I think those kind of things that they're a unit, they don't want to lose. If if one guy goes down, they all go down. I think, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting end to the season. Yeah, I mean, Mackenzie, one of the things we've talked about on the podcast, I don't know what your thoughts are about this, is the next step really for the Jags is to learn how to beat these bigger teams who've been there before, like the Chiefs or yeah. the, the, the debacle with the 49ers a couple of weeks ago. Do yeah. you kind of see that? Are you seeing them making that sort of progress? Yes, I think, you know, I think next week, the Monday night game against the Bengals, you mm-hmm. know, if, if Joe Burrow would have been fit, it would have been another chance to really see whether we can do it. And I would like to think without him being fit, we can come through that game and hopefully win it. Yeah. And that'll be, a, you know, nine and nine and three. I think, you know, the, the, the closer we get to the playoffs and again, fingers crossed, not going to jinx it. If, if, and when we get there, I think when we do come up against a Chiefs and if, we, or if we do come up against a Chiefs or we come up against the San Francisco 49ers, I think this team have got, again, going back to the mentality, 
they've got that in them. It's it's mm. it's a we're going to give you the revenge. And I think now we've we've lost to the Chiefs twice um, the last two seasons. I think this season's loss at the start of the season. I don't think anyone. I know teams have beaten the Chiefs, but I don't think anyone's had a bigger opportunity to beat the Chiefs. I think mm-hmm. we, we missed a few touchdowns and could have could have actually squared that game away a lot earlier. Mm. Um, I'll be it'd be interesting. I, I do think with the mentality of the players, when they get beat by a team, they want to get they want to get them back. And mm. I think you know this team are now good enough. It's just whether. You know the offense, the defense have absolutely smashed it throughout the season. I think the offense have been very good. Um, it's I think it's getting both of them to be unbelievable on the same night, and anything's possible with yeah, this with this yeah. roster. I think. I think after last night's scores, the the Ravens game is going to be a really big one as well in a couple of weeks. I mean, that's that's probably a playoff challenge if you like. It's going to be yeah, the same sort and, of atmosphere. One hundred percent. If I'm speaking as a if I'm speaking as a fan at this moment in time, I think I'm hearing a lot more about the Ravens now since they won in London. Um, Lamar, I think last season obviously didn't have a great season. Um, now this season, I think he, he's obviously doing quite well, and the running game is going quite well for them. I think it's going to be an interesting game, and I think whoever wins that game, for me as a fan, is you know got to be near enough pushing or the as you know as Jason Bell said on the the podcast last week. The Jag- he thinks the Jags are the dark horse. For me, whoever wins that game, they should be labelled as the dark horse going into the playoffs. Yeah, okay. I want to go back to the experience, the match day, the game day experience. Um, yeah. So you've been across to Jacksonville. You've seen how they do it over there. You, you've said that Jacksonville take control of the entertainment over here. Um, I actually think that the whole experience, and this is speaking as an English person who's used to you know, back in the day, you go you watch your soccer game, getting a pie, yeah. going sitting in having a pint, and that's it. You go and watch the game. This experience is just exactly how you do it in Jacksonville, and that's what I love about it. It's absolutely as it is, and it gives you. If anything, I think it would want to make a, a UK-based fan want to travel to Jacksonville to experience it there as well. One hundred percent. I think it's definitely hotter in Jacksonville, right? Yeah. So you'll be coming away with a tan. Uh, depending on where your, your ticket is, you might be able to get in one of the pools. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, the nearest pool probably to Wembley is the puddle set outside. When it's yeah. but, but you know, looking at looking at the entertainment, and you said it there in, in regards to Wembley, and I said it earlier. It, it's our team that do it. So yeah. you know, yeah. we we bring we try and bring the Jacksonville feel, even though it's not as hot in at Wembley as it is in 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 um, Florida, but you know everything that goes on outside the stadium everything we do inside the stadium um you know this year's halftime show with 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 Tom Grennan it, yeah. we're, we're trying to bring that atmosphere that you would get at a playoff game in Jacksonville um the guys over in Jacksonville the, the team over there that put on the games every week hats off to them because mm. you know if i had to do it if i had to do it every week i'd again i'd say i definitely have to <laughs> Um, if I could just say, Mackenzie, I've never seen you and Tom Grennan in the same room at the same time, by the way. <laughs> no, it, it, uh, it was definitely Tom. I was looking, <laughs> looking from above. Um, but it, uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a great ride over the last year and a half for me and, and, and really getting to understand what goes on in Jacksonville, not mm. just at the stadium, but like in the locker room and what makes the players tick. And I don't know whether you guys saw it this year at Wembley. We did it last year too, but... Um, we we sold a hospitality package this year called the Shadows, and you might see it on the coverage on you know when you watch the Jags come out at home. Mm. So when the players come out the locker room, that we we essentially create a Shadows experience where the players come out to a live DJ in in the tunnels, 
um, and it's branded up all Jags and essentially just gets them going. And in Jacksonville, we have fans there that, that see that too. And yeah. this year at Wembley, we brought 250 fans down into the alcoves of Wembley Stadium by the tunnel, wow. filled it full of fans, pumped the DJ, played the played the songs that the players wanted to play. And you could really, again, it's just another way of bringing Jacksonville to London. No other team, teams do things like that, but no other team has really, you know, put as much effort into it here in, here in, here in London. And it's, again, something else that the, the, the fan doesn't see unless, you know, you're watching the big screen all the time yeah. at Wembley. We, we panned into it a couple of times, but it's just another another example of how we try and bring the feel from Jacksonville and what we do from Jacksonville here to, to the UK. I've got to say that works as a fan in the stadium as well. When you see the, the players walking through the fans, it actually... Brilliant. It sends a shiver down my spine just to see it, and it, and we first saw it in Jacksonville, and and thought that would be great to have it here. And when you when we first saw it done at Wembley, it's just absolutely superb. It really gets us ready for the game. Yeah, the the big Jags head as well obviously plays a massive massive part. Mm. I think now for me, and again, I'm unfortunately unable to go as a fan. I would love to go to Wembley as a fan and sit there and watch it, but it, it doesn't happen. But for me, when I walk in there game day morning and you know all the branding's up, the the music's starting to play, fans are now coming inside the stadium. You know, sometimes I walk out onto onto the little platform and I just look at the stadium and I think, yeah, we're, we're back at home in a in a way for, yeah. for me. Like the Jags head in the corner. You know, now when you turn up to Wembley, the Jags head in the corner. It's a Jags homes game, and you know everything that goes on outside, and the activations we do, and you know the food you can buy, and the drinks you can drink, and all this, that, and the other is. It's a great, great feeling, I think, and it hopefully is a great feeling because that's what we want for Jags fans in the UK to turn up to Wembley and think, you know what, we're not in Jacksonville, but this is probably the next best thing we're ever going to get. You're not responsible for Jackson Deville's bungee jump, are you? You don't. That's not on you, is it? Good grief! Yeah, I was going to ask you. I bet you're. Yeah. I bet you're having kittens there. Gee whiz! Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so we have to go through obviously all the health and safety procedures. Um, the 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 Jackson himself is is a great guy. Um, know him very well, and every year I kind of we, we obviously have to do the tests as well throughout the week at Wembley. We have to test it, and he, he does it. He does it more than once. And every part, every time he go, every time he goes up there, he goes. There's there's doing it as a practice and then there's doing it as the as the real thing and this year I, I watched him come down as you watch him his feet just go like the clappers um because it, you know it, it's a huge height that he's jumping from um but yeah we have to manage that we have to plan that you know we we store everything over here for him for him to be able to do that each year so uh yeah and I think he's done a few over the years I think he's done a zip line yeah. obviously now he's a bungee you never know uh, there was one idea this year that he was going to jump off the arch and I quickly said no 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's not going to happen. Um, but every year, you know, we, again, we try and we try and do groundbreaking things. We we try and bring things to the UK that, that other teams won't. And you know, with us, with our mark that we have here in the, in, in the UK, it's, it's important that we continue those traditions and also bring new things to the table. I just think it's amazing. Even even as 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 little as the the American announcer. Uh, oh, oh, absolutely. By the way. I don't know how they keep up because as soon as there's a play and there's a stop, they're straight on it out there. Oh, that's yeah. an advance of four. And yeah. I'm like, how the hell does he know that's so quick? It's yeah, brilliant. And, and, you know, there's, there's so many other things as well that I could go into, but there's like, there's regulations, you know, obviously we'll play music or we'll do a get mm. loud, um, get loud shout to the rest of the stadium, you know, before, before a third down on defense, Carlos, the guy who's actually sitting in the booth who, who does that has regulations via the NFL that, you know, I don't know exactly, but I think it's as soon as they go into a huddle to start talking, the opposition mm. team, we have to kill the music. We have right, to kill whatever. Okay. So 
the even down to the planning of what goes into the game and making the audio sound you know the same and making sure the cheerleaders are on the sideline at the right time and Tom Grennan's walking on the stage at the right time yeah. and the audio's in and his mic's working it's, it's it's an incredible operation to make it all happen but we love it. We love it. I was very cheeky, wasn't I, when I saw the Jacksonville Raw uh, walking past us. I thought, do you know what? We're just going to ask him. And then, do you know what? I think they looked at us as if to say, Baldy and who? And I was just like, this, <laughs> look, look, just go with it. Just go with it. And they did it, which was absolutely brilliant. Um, right. and, and obviously, an MJD is a, you know, we, we got him. At the, well, he, he's a was, friend. He's a friend of you. He got a big man hug from him, and uh, you always wear the shirt. Uh, but I just, I just, like I say, everything about it, it I think it is just, uh, and I'm not just saying it to blow smoke up your. It's a, it's a genuine thing from a genuine fan and and from me who is brand new to the sport it hooks you it does hook it it works it's it's proven yeah we we, we really enjoy it and so you guys know obviously there's 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 a small team here in the uk that that manage our 24 7 operation that we have that we have here in the uk but as i say we fly majority of the staff over to jacksonville we we both work really collaboratively throughout the year on everything we're going to do and when we get there the the main the main thing for me is, you know, we've got 85,000 fans in that in that stadium that have come to watch the Jags today. Mm-hmm. And it's a home game. We have to give them the same experience. And, mm. you know, we can't control what happens on the pitch. But if we can do something tiny in the locker room to make the players feel like they're at home, but also, you know, include the Shadows experience and the big Jags head and all of a sudden the, the, the crowd and everything comes together. Everything we do is to make sure that one, we're growing the brand here in the UK and two, we're giving people a great experience. And that's, that's all, that's all I try and do when I, when I walk yep. in, in foot stadium. Um, and it's, it's, it's really important that it, it continues. I've got a question actually, and, and this could solve uh, a lot of spillages and things at the stadium. You know, when the, the guys come out with the, and the guys and girls come out with the t-shirt guns and the, the yeah, shoot. Yeah. yeah. So uh, what size of them t-shirts are the medium or so or large or something? Cause it's normally large. The large. Well, I'm not going to, I'm going to stop knocking people over to try and catch one then because that's no, that's no good <laughs> to me. It's not going to fit me. Is it? Um, no, that's absolutely brilliant. And we haven't been caught in the kiss cam yet. You know, I don't even think I'd kiss. I don't think I'd kiss you to be fair. You're don't, say, don't say it too loud. I'll speak to the cameraman. I'll find out. I'll find out the seats where you're sitting next year. Just yeah. find Baldy and the yeah. big fella Baldy in the, the stadium. Fella, yeah, because no, we've, we've got season tickets, haven't we? So yeah, we, yeah it's great. Yeah. I yeah. love that. It's but, brilliant. Mackenzie, just going back to what you said about bringing everyone over. Actually, how many people come over from Jacksonville? I mean, it's obviously 53 in the team, but then there's the coaches, the backroom staff. I mean, what are we talking here? So, so we fly 185 team staff. Wow. And that includes the players. So 185 players fly on the team charter and land into the UK. And, you know, we have to make sure we've got 185 bedrooms from them somewhere and a practice facility and everything else they need. Um, and then from a, from a, from a staffing perspective, we probably fly over 70. Wow. So I, can, so I mean, the, 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 the difference is obviously other teams as well. They'll, they'll just fly their team staff to yeah. Germany. So for example, let's take the Chiefs. They'll fly their team staff and a few business staff obviously because going to Germany is exciting. They won't fly the, won't fly the whole organisation. I'm not saying we fly the whole organisation, but we fly, you know, every single coach and trainer and practice squad possible on the team. So that's 185. And then um, due to the, the amount of days we're in the country this year, obviously we're there for 10 days. We have, we also fly all 30 of our cheerleaders over as well. Um, but on top of that, probably about 60 to 70 of the, of the business staff come over just due to the amount that we do throughout the week. Um, the connections that na- we have now in the UK, obviously the, the the people that need to work on the game, there's probably 
Uh, there's seven of us here in the UK, probably plus, I'd say, around 25 that probably put on the game from the organisation. Then we have obviously external vendors that we that we go out to that we know quite well and help us out. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's around 270 JAG staff in the in the UK during during the time. That's amazing. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, Mackenzie, we, we can't thank you enough um, for spending some time with us and uh, and answering just some really good questions and some really pathetic ones that I've asked you, but I don't care because it's sometimes, you know, uh, w- w- the people like to know these things, you know, um, and it's brilliant that you've you've took the time. So thank you very, very much. Uh, we're, we're huge Jags fans and who knows, uh, we might see you for a brew uh, in London at some point, but absolutely thank you Or, or a northeast NFL watch or, party. Yes, uh, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so, and, and touched on the watch parties, we're, we're going we're gonna to do a lot more, I think. Um, and... You know, I think fingers crossed we get to the playoffs. We're, we're going to potentially do a big one for the playoffs. Well, the so, big uh, fella's got a bar, a shed, and a telly just out here. <laughs> yeah. and, a dark, and a dartboard. But no, guys, really, really appreciate chatting to you today. And, and you know, yeah. it's, it's great to, to speak to some Jags fans here in London and just make sure that for me, it's great that, that, that I know that, you know, the people out there and the guys that go to Wembley enjoy the experience Absolutely. and we're doing everything we can to, to, to make sure that they're happy. But um, great to speak to you. Up the Jags, as we're going to say in the UK. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was always the Jags, right? It was always the always, Jags. It was always going to be the Jags. Brilliant. Thanks, Mackenzie. Baldy and the big fella. Talking everything NFL. Just a brilliant, brilliant conversation there. And uh, hopefully we'll have Mackenzie on again soon. It is Baldy and the big fella. We are talking everything NFL. And if you do want to get involved, please do so. Uh, Baldy and TBF, and that's uh, Instagram, on X, on Facebook, and, uh, yeah, social media. There you go. It's the thing of the future. And you can also email us at baldyandtbf at outlook.com. Okay then, fellow. Well, on the last link when we talked about Philly versus uh, San Francisco, we didn't yeah. talk about the predictions that we did last week. <laughs> well, I, I, we didn't do predictions for that game, did we? Well, I thought you can usually tell. Off. You can usually skate tell about whoever's it. memory is the best as to who's won. <laughs> skate over it. I thought I was onto a winner that I couldn't press that zap big quick enough. I really couldn't. Right, shall, come shall on we, then. Shall we just cover it off just for the record? Yeah, go on then. So the, the score was San Francisco fourteen to two, Philadelphia nineteen. Um, your prediction was. Philadelphia 24, you were close. close, San Francisco 19, miles away, <laughs> and I had San Francisco 24, Philadelphia 21, so I had San Francisco winning, I had them winning by three, and they won by 23, Okay. so I'm taking it, because yeah. I had the right winner, but uh, there you okay. go, we'll just we'll get that one off. Yeah. So, so the next game we'll talk about is uh, Sunday night football, Green Bay versus Kansas City. Yes. Uh, up in the frozen north, it looked like it was freezing, so it was I think it was minus one yeah. degree Celsius for us Europeans. Yeah. Uh, for the Americans, it was 30 degrees Fahrenheit. It was a cold one. And yeah. the first thing I'd say about that is the Green Bay are 15 <clears throat> and 0 playing in December since 2019. They don't lose in December. Really? Now, wow. now part of that is because Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback and he's yeah. not there anymore. He's yeah. in the Jets. Well, he's injured. Um, but part of it is, is Green Bay is a tough place to go and play. I mean, I, you know, would you like to play at minus one? We've had a bit of that recently. No, do you know what, though? When you look at the stadium, I can imagine that it is an intimidating place to go. And at the best of times, but to go there in the cold, when to be fair, you're not really up for it. I would imagine. I mean, listen, I'm one of these people where I'm from the I'm from the the belief that if you're getting paid a gazillion pounds a year, you can play in anywhere there, and you'd always be up for it. But you know what? Sometimes going to see the Packers, 
in a cold December, then yeah, I can get that. I would love to experience it just this once, you know. And, yeah. and I know I don't really, you know, I don't really like sitting there in the cold, but I think it'd be a really good experience that you'd never experience anywhere else, somewhere where it's really cold and you know, yeah. not, not welcoming. I'm sure the fans are welcoming. Well, as long as I didn't have a Raiders shirt on or a Forty Nine <laughs> shirt or anything, or, but, a, or um, a gritter on your head. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's some really good players, but I'll, I'll come on to the controversy, which I, yeah. I think is really good. So the, the Green Bay um, really played well. Um, they made a superb fourth and one, 32-yard completion by Jordan Love. So Jordan Love is basically the guy who um, was nurtured by Aaron Rodgers. You, some say nurtured, some say he didn't really like him. I think he kind of helped him to get on. And, he, and he's now the full-time quarterback of Green Bay. He's only young. He's, he's only in his second or third season. Um, played really, really well and actually looked like Rodgers the way he played. So Rodgers used to do a lot of throwing off his back foot. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Love did some of that. There was a be- beautiful touchdown to Watson, which was literally put on a spot high to the back of the end zone. There was only one person who could catch it, and that was his receiver, but he had people all around him. It was literally on a rope to him. Um, but it was the last five minutes that I want to talk about. Uh, I mean, and if you haven't seen it out there and you like watching NFL, just try and check out that game. I'm sure it'll be on something like YouTube. Um, it's basically Kansas City are driving to try and get back in the game. I think they're a touchdown behind. Um, Patrick Mahomes, our the, the hero, the god, the, the most protected quarterback in the league, um, he comes running, a, running around with is the that, ball. Is that you being controversial by saying that? Yeah, well, you know you know my feelings okay, of Kansas City. On, okay, <laughs> I don't think you'll ever see me with a Mahomes show. And if you do, it's probably because I lost a big bet yeah, somewhere okay, along the line. Okay. So he comes running around the right tackle, goes towards the, the, the outer bounds to stop the clock. And... Um, one of the defensive backs of Green Bay absolutely booms him with his shoulder. Mm. Um, inbounds, straight away the referees, because it was a big hard tackle, start throwing flags. Um, and the referees give it a personal foul for a, for unnecessary roughness because Patrick Mahomes got tackled while he was inbounds. Now, the thing is, if he if the, re, if the, if the player didn't try and tackle Mahomes, Mahomes could have easily jinked off of his right foot onto his left and carried on inbounds and got another five or ten yards. Um, and it just goes to show that sometimes quarterbacks are just overly protected. It was all there on the big screen for the referees to see, but they're not allowed to review a penalty. So it stood, and they got a 15-yard penalty, and it was just really, really bad. And Sorry, th- can I just stop you there with just something you've just said? Referees are not allowed to review a penalty? No, the penalties are not reviewable. No, what about if the coach throws a red flag on? Uh, no, if the coach throws a, throws a red flag, it's usually against the spot or a, a right. tackle or... But but if it's pass interference, it's not normally reviewed. If it's you know if it's unnecessary, it's not normally reviewed. And you know it's so just... not even not even NFL headquarters would review that. No one would review that. I, I mean, I think the referees will get feedback after the event right, and, okay. and just wait. That. I mean, we're going to come that. on yeah, to some. Okay. Yeah, it, gets, yeah. it gets worse. Okay, it gets so worse. I think sometimes when referees make a mistake and it's obvious, and yeah. I'm telling you, the crowd watched it on the bo- scoreboard and were like, oh, and there was like they were like booing, yeah, they were like yeah. chanting, and you know. Referees suck and all sorts of things. And so sometimes I think the referees then think, oh, we're going to have to make this up a bit. Again. Yeah, level it so, up. Yeah. yeah. So it doesn't happen on the next play. So the, the, I think it's the next play, um, it, the, 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 the Kansas City player, he, goes, he, he gets tackled and he fumbles the ball and Green Bay picks it up and runs the length of the field for a touchdown. Now, fair, they reviewed it. They originally called it a fumble, but they reviewed it and his knee was down, so... Kansas City keep the ball, so okay. Green Bay get nothing of that. But then um, there was some really, really dodgy stuff. So 
immediately after that fumble, um, Ivan Pacheco, I think his name is, or it's definitely, his surname is definitely Pacheco. He's the wide receiver of Kansas City. He throws a beautiful left hook at a, Kansas, at a Green Bay player. <laughs> so he gets chucked out. Yeah. That was quite right. It was probably fair enough. Um, but then basically, they, they go down the field. There are at least two pass interferences on Kansas City receivers that are absolutely dead to rights. They should have been called. And I think the referees were thinking about what they'd done earlier yep. and given Kansas City the favourable call. And they didn't call it. And what really, really annoys me is they weren't even close. They were absolutely cast iron, pass interference. And they were, they were called in other games. We saw it plenty of times in the 49ers-Philly game. We saw it plenty of times in the Dallas-Seattle game. Um, for some reason, the referees just decided they weren't going to call the game. Um, and, and the very, very end, the last play, Mahomes throws it into the end zone and he's thrown it towards his, his, his old trusty sidekick, Kelsey, Travis Kelsey. And the the defensive back puts two hands on his back and pushes him forward so that the ball goes over his head and no one catches it. Mm. And 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 so I contacted obviously our good friend Jeff in the States. I, Jeff once said he wants to be a, a referee. He'd love to be a referee. And certainly with his answers on all of those penalties that we just talked about, it sounded like he was quoting the rule book. He was literally quoting it word for word. <laughs> um, and, and he agreed on all of it except that last bit. So Jeff's view is, you know, let the players play. Um, you know, he wants, he doesn't want, he doesn't want the games decided by, you know, sort of all this controversy at the end. And in fact, Patrick Mahomes, who was obviously on the wrong side of that call, Mahomes actually said, let the players play. But my view is, if you're going to call a pass interference in quarter one or quarter two, you should be calling it in quarter four. Sometimes the referee said, don't let us decide the game. They're deciding the game by not calling what is a penalty. So, so you do you think then that? The actual leveling up is something that the referee should have done or shouldn't have done because really you would have thought that they just say, "Look, I've dropped one here. I'm I'm just going to play it on and and yeah. see how the game pans out." That's the right way, isn't it? If you're, yeah. you instead of making one and two mistakes by leveling it up, just make the one. Yeah, call it as you say it. Yeah, you, everyone's going to make mistakes. You know, we've made mistakes tonight. We've had to redo a, a few of these links. You know, that happens. But at the end of the professionals. But at the end of the day, you know, it's. You, you call it right, you call it by course, the rules. Yeah. And, and and if you're going to call pass interference in one game, you're going to call it in the other game if it's the same situation. But So I, I was frustrated, even though I was happy because Kansas City lost. And you know how, how much I love the Kansas City Chiefs. What I would say, though, is Jordan Love played absolutely brilliant. Green Bay won 27-19. Um, he outdueled Patrick Mahomes three touchdowns to one. So, you know, I would say that's a, a job well done for, for Green Bay and Green Bay won. Baldy and the big fella talking everything NFL. Okay then, so, um, well, come on then. There's one game we haven't discussed. Well, it was the Jags-Bengals Monday Night Football. I was yeah. absolutely dying for this game. I was yeah. really, really looking forward to it. Yeah. Can I just say that the absolute highlight of the game, when it was at its best is when you turned on the telly, you must have thought this yourself, big fella, and you saw Cincinnati in all white, white pants, white shirt, white helmet. We've been talking about it all yeah, podcast. Did look good. Did look against good. the Jags playing almost in all black. Yeah. Black, 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 yeah. with green trim. And it looked like it was it really was like a chess game. It it was just it was great. And I see I'm a big fan of of the Jags' home ground anyway. I love that screen. I think it's fantastic. Never, I mean, how many times have I been that? Is it just a couple? I've only, I think I've only been to I two twice, there, yeah, twice yet. Yeah. I've never never managed to take a dip in that pool, and I don't think I'd want to, to call me the big fella. I don't think anybody else would be getting in that with me. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, let's talk about the game. I mean, as a neutral, it was a great game. Yeah, I thought it was a very good game for a neutral. And uh, before we get on to that, actually, Tracy, our... You remember last week with the big reveal when you were oh, getting all excited? Oh, yeah, 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 the big reveal. And, and yeah, she yeah. was interested in sax, wasn't she? Well, she was, well? yeah. yeah. And okay. she, she actually she actually texted me and said, I, I, I haven't actually watched a full game. I've only got into the podcast oh, through you guys. Tracy, come so on. She said, well, what can I watch? Because I don't have Sky. I don't have all these apps that you've, you guys have got. And I said, look, Channel 5, Monday, Monday night, Tuesday morning, the Jags versus the Cincinnati Bengals... You watch it, and if you want to see some sack dancing, you might see Josh Allen, if you're lucky, doing a sack dance. And you know what she said? She said, I'm going to watch that. I might even end up a Jags fan after this. Good lass. But the problem is, the problem is, it wasn't the best game to become a Jags fan. She might be a Bengals fan now. Are you telling me (laughs) that that game was on Channel 5? It was on Channel 5. Yeah. Balls. (laughs) So shall we talk about it? Because it was a good game for a neutral. And it was... it was. It was was a good game. Do you know what? I think that... In their own merits, I think the touchdowns are good touchdowns. I've got questions of, uh, you know, of certain things. I mean, I would say that I still, I, st- I still need to get my head around that one where you can get the the ball from a a, a snap and and run straight through. How, how how that can happen where you're just mm. running straight through and mm. uh, you know and and that's that's what they did. Um, Lawrence's touchdown. I tell you what, I was fascinated with, and I know we're going to talk a bit more in depth about the game as well. But I actually genuinely, genuinely thought that I know the ball's got to go in the end zone. Yeah. But I thought something else had to go in there as well. And he just for 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 one. Oh, you mean when he reached his right, right hand? Out. As soon as he crosses that plane, the the the, the play has ended. So anything can happen after that. It doesn't matter. Once that ball just if you go from the white line, the, the yeah. white goal line, if you draw a line straight up, it's almost like a almost like a plane, the plane of the uh, of the goal line. As soon as it crosses that plane, the first millimetre of that white line, it's a touchdown. See, I think that is so bonkers when you're looking at the game. And I understand don't get me wrong, I understand why this wouldn't be a touchdown if I was to give you the scenario where I'm running as fast as I can, because I am the big fella, remember, I'm bolt, bolt lightning quick. Um, whereas I go for a touchdown, but then I get, I get like knocked out of bounds as my body gets knocked out of bounds, but my hand goes in the end zone. I'd still be out. That wouldn't class. No, no. If, so if you if the ball goes into the end zone before you step out of bounds, actually touch a part of the out of bounds, then it's still a touchdown. You see, I think it's fascinating. Well, I'll tell you what I will say. I, I genuinely didn't realise that that was a thing because it, it's it's a case of, I'll tell you what we'll do, whoever's got the longest arms, you go and have a go. And then you, you just <laughs> put it through like a... Yeah, I but, don't know. It's just fascinating, that one, yeah. There was some great stuff, though. I mean, I don't know whether you'll, you'll have noticed, but the very first Jack, Jacksonville touchdown was a, um, a a Lawrence pitch to Travis Etienne. Yeah. It was the exact play that they failed on the fourth and goal last year, last week, yeah. where, they, where, they, where they, didn't con, con, they didn't actually complete it. Um, there was a 57-yard field goal for Cincinnati that hit the bar again, the crossbar, yeah. twice in a <laughs> row, two weeks in a row. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, the big thing is Joe Burrow's injured for Cincinnati, so the the backup quarterback Jake Browning came in. Yeah. Um. So he's been around a bit. He's been at Minnesota. He's been at Cincinnati for a couple of years. This is only his second game that he's come in, and he looked really, really good for a backup. I mean, we talked earlier on about Gardner Minshew. He was every bit a Gardner Minshew. He he was dealing the ball 
all over the place. Um, I mean, he actually looked a bit like Burrow. But they scored some of their touchdowns with things like Mixon went in for yeah, a short Mixon, run. Yeah, Mixon, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there was a beautiful Evan, Evan Engram <clears throat> touchdown pass yep. from 22 yards. Eng- Engram's my favourite Jags player at the moment. Great obviously. run, by Other, the way. Yeah, Great it was. It was. I mean, obviously, Maurice Jones-Drew's my all-time favourite. But I really, really like Evan, <laughs> Eng- in. Evan Engram. Yeah. Um, Mixon scored another one for 14 all. Um, there was a 76-yard touchdown pass at the start of quarter three to Jamar Chase. That at was that point, yeah, great I mean, catch and run. It was, just, it was. And, and the um, the Jags touchdown where it went through the players' hands. That You know, the um, what was his name? can't remember the name. It was a touchdown where he went to catch it and he, and he didn't catch it and then it was the, the Jags got it. Oh, yeah, I can't, re- I can't oh. remember which one. I can't remember. I it was, um, oh, I'm trying to think of it now. I'll try, anyway, I'll come. It'll come. Yeah. It'll come to me. It'll come so, to me. So there was a player's name, Parker Washington, Jags wide receiver. Because yeah. obviously, um, the one of the which one of the wide receivers went out injured. Christian Kirk went out injured earlier on in the game for the Jags. Yeah. So they brought in this Parker Washington. I was like, who? Never heard of him. I mean, you know, I, look, I regularly look at rosters, and I don't, I've never even seen his name there. Anyway, he gets a lovely catch in the end zone for for to make it twenty twenty one one twenty one all. Sorry. He's a six-round pick out of Penn State. He had zero catches before that game for the Jaguars. So he's a rookie, yeah. first season. Never never really had a catch there. I'm sure he must have been on the field, but I can't remember. Um, anyway, he goes in for a touchdown. Um, then the, the Cincinnati try to get a bit smart. They do this. Um, t- they're basically, they, they, they give it to Tyler Boyd, the wide receiver, who then tries to throw it across the pitch. And he throws it straight to Josh yeah, Allen. I mean, gets, yeah. one team's playing in white, one team's in playing in black. Unbelievable. That's that's like one of them trap players that I am keep telling you about. So there's no way he deliberately wanted to throw it to a player in black. Correct. But he obviously thought somebody was there. And I think he must have only looked out the corner of his eye, pinged it and went, oh. No yeah, way. I've yeah. just thrown it straight at Josh Allen. And you don't want to throw it to him, do you? Yeah. But you don't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Lawrence then went in for that reach across, that yeah, fourth and one great. keeper. Yeah. 28 21. You just yeah. thought, oh, Jacksonville have got a, they're going to have it here. Yeah. Cincinnati then go down the field. They go for it on fourth and four in the red, red zone um, and get it. Then Browning gets a touchdown on second and one. Um, there's discussion as to whether he got in or not. I think he did. But then the the thing of the night, Lawrence gets injured. Yeah. I mean, so basically Lawrence comes back with the ball and his own left tackle, um, Walker Little. I mean, it's called Little, but he's huge, yeah. little and large. He steps on his Achilles or his ankle, and yeah. you could see it. I mean, I literally I put my hand over my eyes. Oh, Lawrence the goes down. as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Lawrence oh. goes down. He <clears> went <throat> on to one knee, bangs his helmet on the floor. You could see he's bad. He gets helped off. He goes down the tunnel. I mean, you're thinking, oh, what's going to happen? And at the time of, of, of recording this podcast, all I've got is it, they're hoping it's a high ankle sprain, which is which is a good thing, I think, under the circumstances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's going to have an MRI today. And so as to whether, you know, as to whether he's going to be okay or not, I don't know. I mean, they bring CJ Bethard in, who used to play for the 49ers, so I know quite a lot about him. But he's only he's played 30 games. Um, he was all right. He did okay. He fumbled the ball on his first play, though. Um, hurt him. Looked like he hurt his hand as well. Um, luckily, they were okay. Um, they kept the ball. Um, so it basically ended up with 31-31 between the two of them. Uh, they both got a couple of field goals at the end. So it goes into overtime. Jags win the toss. I'm thinking, great. You know, Bethard can take him down the field. Unfortunately, the Jags couldn't convert and get down the field. They have to punt it to Cincinnati. Cincinnati drive down the field, a 48-yard field goal, and 
Yeah. Cincinnati put it through, and there you go, yeah. 31 yeah. 28. Um, I mean, Jake Browning, the backup quarterback for Cincinnati, had a sensational night. 32 uh, completions out of 37 <clears throat> passes for 354 yards, apparently. So that's an 86.5% completion percentage. It's the highest all time for a quarterback in his first two games. Yeah. So, I mean, what a game. The thing is as well, if uh, if Tracy, if you did watch the game on Channel 5, and then you'll have probably <laughs> uh, noticed the thing that... You see, obviously, Baldy's, um, he he's come up with a real... Um, a good in-depth commentary of the game, whereas me and you, you probably may have noticed the really cool celebrations. I mean, there was some good celebrations. I think, I think the Bengals' first touchdown celebration was actually pretty good. It was good. Really she, so. she definitely wanted to see some dancing, whether well, it was sack go, dancing or touchdown dancing. <laughs> and I bet you, when I bet you, when Tracy saw them all them <clears throat> them cats in the pool, she'd have been wanting to get in there with them. I'm sure. Baldy and the big fella talking everything NFL. Right then, it is time for our quiz question for this week. We have one each, um, and they're both going to be from the book, I am led to believe by my esteemed colleague to my right with a bald heed. I will go first, so you know the drill. Um, we will go for anything one, uh, 99, so you're pointing I'm to your shirt. I'm going page 80. Page 80, okay. I've got Jerry Rice's shirt on, so we'll have page 80. If there is a page 80. Do you know what? The... the it, do you know what? That page 80 is a quarter. I'll have 81 Terrell Owens then. Right, well, for, page 80 is for every pass I caught in a game, I caught 1,000 in practice. Don Hudson. Very good. He's, he's, a, he's an old-timer going back to uh, the old-timers days, I think. Good grief, you know everything. I don't, right, that's so, the problem. <laughs> page, page 81, so you've got 10 questions, 1 to 10. Right, I want number 1 because I've got 81 on. Okay. Whose fans are told to defend the den? Defend the den. That's got to be the Lions. Detroit Lions? Detroit Lions is going for... Uh, oh, it's the Chicago. Chicago Bears. Oh. Yeah, dingbat. Right, well, okay, there then. Go. There you go. Right. There you go. So, fella, what are you having on <coughs> page? Um, I'll... Um, I'll have 69. <laughs> the number on your first number one on ever my Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars, Jaguars shirt. Yes. yes. And question number? It's one to ten, isn't it? Yeah. I will go. Oh no, this is not a good. Uh, this is this is actually fact, so it's not questions. So you're gonna have to pick another page number. Oh, okay, then I will go. Uh, Thirty-two. Thirty-two. So there we go. We have page thirty-two, which is another. Did you know? Um, I tell you what, we'll go back to the first one, page six. Now I make a question out of a fact here. Okay, then go then. Go on. Right. In 1967. Yeah. The average ticket price of the Super Bowl what? was, I'm going to give you multiple guess. Right, okay. Was it $12? Was it $20? Or was it $25? So, my, I don't, obviously, I don't, I would never know that in a gazillion years. But what I will think is, so this is the price that they go on sale to the public. Yeah, is that resale? It's going to be face value. I don't think they had all this, like, face you know, resale value. and that, yeah. Well, I'm probably going to think, do you know what? I'll go for the cheapest one for the sake of it. $12, $12 is it? Correct, Amondo! Get in there. It had to be, didn't it? It had to be. Right then, let's do the predictions. Come on, what do we got? Okay, fella. Well, um,. We've obviously found one that we're going to disagree on here. Right, um, okay, okay. So it's the Minnesota Vikings, 6-6, six and six, yep. on the road to the Las Vegas Raiders, 5-7. and seven. Ooh, You've got me here, you've got me here. I will go 
the Vikings 24, and I will go the Raiders 14. Well, you love you love that 24, don't I know you? It's always my favourite number. Well, I'm gonna. I would not put any money on this, but I'm gonna go Raiders 21, Vikings 20, and I'll be chuffed to bits <laughs> if we get that. <laughs> Right, I can hear the music in the background, uh, Baldy. Uh, so, yes, uh, please, just if you do want to get in touch, please do so. Uh, it's Baldy and TBF. That's across all the socials, Facebook, Instagram and uh, X. Uh, and you can email us, TBF at outlook.com. Have yourself a good week, sir. And you too, sir. Catch you next week. The Baldy and the Big Fella Podcast. Talking everything NFL.